All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and, in fact, available wherever you get your podcast. We're here for our weekend preview issue edition with Derek Vandegriff. We are going to talk about the defending national champion, Ole Miss Rebels, going up to the most Big Ten tournament I have ever seen. Um, when I played baseball in high school at Piney Woods, the field wasn't as janky as what they're going to play on this weekend. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be better than it looked, but man, Derek, it looked terrible. Yeah, yeah, it really did. You know, you've uh, you've got that real short porch in right field with the 35 foot wall there. Uh, just just the dimensions all together. When when you see it from home plate out from foul pole to foul pole, it's it's really weird looking. I'm not sure I've ever seen a a baseball field look like that before, and I've seen a lot of baseball fields in my day. Honestly, you said something um, last night in our spaces. It's kind of true. It reminds me of like those old pitches, pictures of the polo grounds where center yeah. field was like 470 feet away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you go pole to pole at like uh, 280 or something like that, whatever it was back there at the polo grounds, right? You yeah, know, uh, yeah. And and even in left field, I think it's still a pretty short porch at like 320 or something like that with only an eight-foot wall. I think that's a eight-foot wall, I think, all the way out to center field, I think is what they ended up saying, so – uh, yeah, you you could see some uh, definitely see some nukes being hit this weekend by the Rebels, hopefully, especially on Friday because Ole Miss gets Maryland again. I say Maryland Terrigans is up in the text thing. I'm pretty that yeah. being cute there, yeah. Um, <laughs> and they hit the ball a ton. Their pitcher shut Ole Miss down pretty much on Friday. Yeah, uh, the second time you see it, it they, they're probably going to be a little bit better this time, but. I mean that that game makes me a little nervous. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be ashamed of that. Uh, yeah, you know uh, if if you gave me any chance to to reconfigure this tournament, I would have played Maryland either Saturday or Sunday. I I don't want anything to do with Sabical again. But you know that's that's the way it panned out. And uh, he he came into Oxford and he just absolutely shoved. You know seven innings, two runs, no earned, struck out nine, walked nobody. You know I mean he was absolutely on. Uh, Chances are we don't get his best stuff like we did that night. Uh, he's obviously really talented. He was a preseason second-team All-American. He came in just shut us down. So, uh, But, you know, we get another crack at him. He's the only pitcher we hadn't beat off of uh, Maryland staff. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll try to go ahead and hand him a, a loss this weekend and, and go ahead and avenge that from last Friday night. And the winner of this game will take the lead in the series um, yeah. The winner will have a 3-2 edge over the other one. This is the ultimate rubber match, you might say, yeah. between Ole Miss and Maryland. Now, what Ole Miss well, probably needs to do, they need to foul off balls. They need to run up pitch counts. They need to get that number up so that get that starting pitcher out of the game in the fifth inning and just yeah, feast bad. on the bullpen. That That's what I would do. Well, well yeah, yeah. That's that's. I'm, I'm sure that's going to be the game plan going in, try to run pitch count, work count, stuff like that. Uh, that's something we didn't do a very good job of last time out in uh in oxford you know i think he ended up at 102 pitches through the seven innings um if if you let him be that efficient then then he's going to sit there and carve you up so uh but you know kind of like you said we've seen before now so I'm, I'm sure we'll have a little bit better of a game plan uh and and if we get to that bullpen i think you saw both saturday and sunday of last weekend that's when this offense can really take over because they really struggle bringing arms out of the bullpen Yes, and I will just talk about this before we move on to the Gophers of Gold. Um, against Louisiana Tech on Wednesday, Peyton Chatagnier with two strikes. 
line drive base hit to right field. He did not try to pull it. He took a curveball to right field, and I don't care what anybody says, that's a development worth talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, Chatagnier is is what you call a baseball player, right? That's mm-hmm. that's just kind of what you look for in a ball player, uh, a guy that can go the other way like that, play the defense that he does. Uh, he's He kind of gets a little pull happy whenever he's hitting these home mm-hmm. runs like he has been earlier this year, right? So, uh, But, yeah, to see him be able to settle in, go the other way like that, uh, it's – it's definitely a nice development, and uh, you know, <clears throat> hopefully the the Rebels can end up getting that getting that game Wednesday night too. So uh, definitely some some big big games to talk about. Not not only the the La Tech games midweek, but coming up this weekend too. With the way our pitching set up right now, you know, you're trying to save arms going into this tournament. This was quite frankly a bad week for us to have two midweek games. You know, you're having to get. Uh, 27 outs twice, basically, you know, back, back, back games, you know, I think rain's going to end up cutting this one short a little bit, but time will tell on that. So, uh, but yeah, yeah. Good, good on Chatagnier. And, you know, I, I've saw some good things out of Tam Sakuyan again, uh, Wednesday night against La Tech too. You know, I think he's going to end up being a big bullpen arm for us. That's one guy that we've kind of found that can go in and get outs for us. Yeah. Um, tonight or tonight, Wednesday night, um, yeah. when they were pitching against Louisiana Tech and they were running out arms. And it was like that that scene from Major League is like, who are these yeah. guys, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's it. And, it. and it was the same thing Tuesday night, too. You know, yeah. uh, it's, you know, freshman, 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 freshman. You know, we ended up throwing Mason Nichols in there Tuesday night when we were down by one run to try to hold it there to see if we could mount any sort of comeback. But, but you know, that's kind of what we're doing right now. And, and really, it's not dissimilar to what we did last year, if you look at it. Um, you know, our, our starters really struggled. We were trying to find outs. And at one point, Mike Bianco came out and said, we don't have starting pitchers anymore. We have pitchers. And that's it. He, he literally abandoned the, the, the thought of having starting pitchers on his roster. And then you end up finding guys like Delucia and Hunter Elliott that can come out and, and can shove for you the way that they did. And, you know, that's that's one thing that people need to keep in mind with this team right now. We're so young on the mound, especially for now without Hunter Elliott, however that ends up working out, whether he's out for the year, whether he's able to come back here in a few weeks. Um, but, you know, this, this is what this staff does. They sit there, they uh, evaluate talent coming out of high school and transfer portal and stuff like that. JT Quinn was really good for us Tuesday night, right? You know, up, up until he hit that wall in the fifth inning, he was really good for us. Had a perfect game through through four and a third, set down the first 13 batters he faced, struck out uh, seven, I think it was. Um, curveball looked good. I thought his changeup was the development there Tuesday night. His changeup looked really good. That's something we didn't see a lot of in his first start. So uh, still running it up there, 92-93. It's almost like he took a little bit off the fastball in this start, and and that's kind of allowed it to to run a little bit. Kind of me, me and you talked last week about how it looked real straight because he was throwing it so hard, right? But now he's he's able to get a little bit of run on on it, took some off of it. So that's one guy you're definitely going to see this weekend coming out of the bullpen for us, and that that'd be a real shot in arm for us. Yeah, um, he honestly, if you think to last year, um. If you think to last year, you had Hunter Elliott on midweek at the beginning, and he had some yeah. flashes real similar to that. So by the end of the year, mm-hmm. JT Quinn could could be a dude. Let's move on to the Minnesota Golden Gophers, who it's my understanding they have not won many games, and they do not hit the ball out of the park. 
Uh, yes, they actually have not won any games, so that would definitely qualify as not many. They are 0-7 coming into this tournament as of uh, Wednesday around lunch when I looked all this up. They, they were 0-7, uh, and they have two home runs all year, so uh, they're, they're, they're not a team that's going to sit there and just launch it on you. But uh, what one thing they do do well, though, they're, they're a team that gets on base. They're uh, guys with real high averages, and they cause havoc on the base paths. I mean, they, they can sit there and they run, 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 run. They know what they are. They play into it. You know, they, they get on base. So it's going to be real important for Calvin Harris behind the plate to be able to keep those guys from stealing all these bases and also on our pitchers be able to keep them close a little bit too. Um, not real sure who, who we're going to see Saturday from Minnesota. Uh, they've started two different pitchers the last two Saturdays. So, uh, you know, they, they may stick with that trend and throw a third one out there that we don't know about yet. Uh, they The first game at Oregon State, they had Clayson go out and pitch for him. He only lasted two innings, only gave up one hit, but gave up four runs because he had five walks, right? I mean, that's one thing that we're seeing with Ole Miss right now is the walks sit there and kill you, and that was the case with him at Oregon State. Uh, Sam Malak started against St. Louis last Saturday for them, a little bit better, four and two-thirds, three earned, four strikeouts. Uh, if I had to guess, I would say Malak is the one we would end up seeing this Saturday since he was the one that pitched better. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if we just – we've got to keep the, we've got to keep them off base, and, and with us right now, that's walks, right? That's one thing that's really killing us. Uh, another cool tidbit on Minnesota, their second baseman, Brady Council, that is the son of Craig Council. So, I mean, he has a son playing Division One baseball right now, if you didn't feel old enough already. I, I remember yeah. that hit he had for uh, – The Arizona uh, Diamondbacks. For the yeah, I mean I – yeah, I mean, it's I, – I remember watching his career growing up, you know, and now he's the manager for the Brewers. So uh, – and, and and he's having a real good year, hitting 367, stole six bases. Uh, like I said, up and down that lineup, you're going to see high averages, high stolen base totals. That's just what they do. Okay. Now, another thing is my mother's side of the family are all from Omaha, Nebraska. So I am that rare person that during the 90s – was absolutely miserable hearing about the Nebraska Cornhuskers, period. Mm -hmm. I was told my whole life that if Ole Miss ever played Nebraska, it would be all over. So when Ole Miss played Nebraska and beat them, I quit hearing from those relatives. So my say, I don't care if Ole Miss goes 0-2 in the other games, and Minnesota's not good, but I don't care about them losing that game. Just beat Nebraska. That, that's my stance on this weekend. Yeah, yeah, and, and Nebraska, they've gotten off to a little bit of a rough start. They're, they're not bad by any stretch. I think they're four and three coming into the weekend. Uh, they were kind of the pick behind Maryland in the Big Ten to end up winning this conference. They, they were almost a consensus number two pick in the Big Ten, so they're, they're a pretty good club. Uh, that, that game starts at 1.30, by the way. Uh, Maryland at three, Minnesota at 7 p.m. on Saturday. And then we get Nebraska at 1.30. Those are the game times for this weekend for everybody. Um, looks like we're going to get Caleb, uh, Caleb Clark from, from Nebraska. He started last two Sundays for them, so I imagine that's who we're going to end up getting. Uh, guy that doesn't strike out a lot of people, doesn't walk a lot of people. He just goes up there and uh, kind of handles his business and, and gets outs that way, right? Four and a third and three innings and the two starts respectively. 
got roughed up a little bit against San Diego. Gave up five earned that game. But uh, seems to be a pretty good pitcher. Uh, they seem to be a team that can bash the ball a little bit. So that that'll definitely be interesting. If you've never seen a Sunday college baseball game, it's a bunch of home runs, and this one doesn't seem to be any different. Uh, once we get up in Minnesota, they, they have a really good freshman third baseman. Dylan Carey's hitting 367 right now on the year with two home runs. Um, Max Anderson's hitting 448 on the year for, for them right now at second base. Uh, so that's, that's one thing we will see is a lot of really good second basemen in this tournament. I guess that's kind of the Big Ten's thing, getting, getting up the middle with catchers, shortstop, second baseman, and center fielder. That's one thing I found digging into all these Big Ten teams. They're all really good up the middle with the plate. So, but yeah, it'll definitely be an interesting weekend. It's it's a lot different, especially like you said at the beginning of the show with this field and all. That's what I'm so interested to see. How's this field going to play? I mean, you're you're liable to see balls hit, you know, 115 miles an hour for a single just because they bounce 20 foot up on that wall in right field, right? Just just because it doesn't get out there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how, how they adjust to that and the turf, too. That's another thing. Yeah, how many home runs does Jacob Gonzalez have at this point? Uh, he is at three, I think, okay. if I have that right. Over, under, after this weekend, Jacob Gonzalez, 6.5 home runs for the season. You know what? I, I don't even care about that. All I want is a TJ McCants home run on Friday. That's what I want. I want him to hit an absolute nuke off a of sabbatical and have to cross that plate again to that catcher. That's what I want. That should be fantastic. Anyway, um, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. It has everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Derek, thank you very much for stopping by. Tell your kid hello. He's been saying hi periodically. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's looking in, and he's, he's yeah. getting some baseball coverage at the moment. So, yeah, um, yeah. that's right. Take he's, he's only been asking me to put baseball on for three weeks now, so he's he's pretty excited. It's finally here. <laughs> yeah, and and basically the game I think is on Big Ten Network Plus or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So, if yeah, you watch it on SEC Network Plus, it's going to be like the Big Ten version of that. Yeah. So, Derek, we will see you see you next week. Talk to you later, and you take care, bud. All right, buddy. Hi, Toddy. Hotty Toddy.